A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is a great disturbance in the force. That's right, Whistler. Welcome to episode 249 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends as well as canon, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on Zoom, iTunes, as well as Stitcher, and even Spotify, and right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SW Beyond Films. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get the show started. I'm one of your hosts, the Defender of the EU. The champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herleman. And with me like a Wookiee with a life debt, the man with a timeline, a doctor in his own right, Mr. Dr. Jim Lehane. How we doing, my man? I'm doing all right. Um, although now I feel like I'm I'm stuck to you like glue. <laughs> well, I got good brushes, so we can always get the hair out. <laughs> what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when you haven't got a comb? That's right. That's right. Here at Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars and so do we. This episode, though, we're pondering just who is this Jim Lehane character and how will he be important to the show? So consider this your spoiler warning, Beyonders and Sentience of all ages, because here we go on another adventure beyond the films. All right, so Jim, let's get into it, man. Who is Jim Lehane? I've been pondering that my entire life. Right? I do I do Google searches, and apparently I'm an Irishman who runs uh, handicap betting on horses. <laughs> nice. See, when I do Google searches, I just get my dad. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, um, uh, Lehane is a, an Irish name, actually. Um, oh. despite it looking French and, uh, there's, uh, quite a few Lahanes in Ireland. And so like the, the, that Jim Lahane, um, he's the first that comes up in, uh, searches. So, uh, uh, I, I, I was annoyed for a while, but I'm finding the, the benefit of not being the first that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. See, I remember doing a, uh, a family tree in like sixth grade and I got like three branches back on the Herleman side and had a panic attack when I saw that one Herleman married another Herleman. And I'm like, there's incest in the family. I was my dad's like, look at the spelling. Apparently over in Switzerland, Herleman is as common as Smith and there's multiple ways to spell the last name. So I was like, oh, OK, we're not products of, of inbred itis. <laughs> Or show the stories have gone as they carefully right. uh, forged the family trees. It's like, we're just going to change that. <laughs> They're like, every time a kid asks, we tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> did he buy it this time? Yes, he did. We're good. The secret's safe for another generation. <laughs> yes, Aunt Mom. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. So, uh, you know, what really, what kicked off your fandom? I mean, what got you into Star Wars? So, I've always been a big reader. And, okay. like, generally, like, I, I used to watch the the original trilogy when I was a kid a lot. And we'd watch all three on New Year's Eve kind of as a, a marathon type thing. But, like, oh, nice. I wasn't, like, a huge, like, oh, my God, Star Wars is my life when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as I was um, trying to find another book to read, one of my older sisters uh, said, you're into Star Wars. You may like this book that had come out. And she happened to have the hardcover of Heir to the Empire. And she also Ooh. had... Um, uh, the the second one, um, the name's blanking on me. There's uh, Heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising. Yeah, she also had the the hardcover of Dark Force Rising, and so I, I tried Heir to the Empire, and I really enjoyed it. And so I moved on to Dark Force Rising, and this is probably like you're looking at '93 or something. And so from there, I've my my fandom kind of built from that. I'm I'm, I'm a fan of the books, and that's where I started off as as a book fan. And I've read I read all the books up till about ninety nine when I went off to college, and I kind of stopped there. And then, probably a few years after that, I was still in undergrad when I realized that um, I was at a point where I was living by myself. Um, I was doing uh, a research for college, but it was over the summer. So there's nobody on campus. I was there by myself and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll pick up some of the books that I, um, I, I kind of missed out on. And I had already started the new Jedi order, but I didn't get much into it because it started to come out in 99. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up what I had missed and I caught up uh, on all the books that I had missed within like, within like three months, I had read like, uh, 15 of the books. Nice. And so I had caught up on everything, and it just kind of blew up from there. I got a after I graduated, I moved down to Texas, where again I lived by myself. And while I was doing research, I was also trying to catch up on all the all the Star Wars books that had come out, and that's where everything kind of blew up. But that's when I realized that comics were a thing. I never mm-hmm. knew comics were a thing. Uh, like in the books, is really weird. Like you get all these references to when Luke went to dark uh, went to uh to the dark side and you have no reason why this like it's not in any of the stories i'm like where did this come from and i just assumed it was the uh seven eight nine and they basically just skipped over seven eight nine (laughs) like they'll just hold on to that where luke goes to the dark side until i found out like oh comic books are a thing right and that's when i found out there's a lot of comic books by this point and so i started collecting all the stories. And that's mm-hmm. where I started. Like, I'm like, well, I need kind of a timeline to kind of organize everything. And so that's where I started putting together my own timeline, uh, probably about like 2003, 2004. I also came into an inheritance at that point. So I had the money to buy all these things that I had missed out. And I literally was ex- getting a package pretty much every single day. Nice. Like, uh, I, I, I was big on eBay. I, uh, they didn't, computers by this point weren't saving your credit card information, but I had my <laughs> credit card memorized because I, 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 I was buying so much stuff and, uh, uh, I was, uh, building up my collection like big time at that point. Oh man. So having an inheritance must've made that a little easier for you. Cause I remember in that same boat, like hunting down, uh, you know, the, the empire's end, uh, comic, you know, after you got 
uh, Dark Empire 1 and Dark Empire 2, and you're like, wait, there's a third one? And doing the eBay hunts and trying to get it and stuff. And, you know, sometimes you get some real good scores. Every now and again, though, there'd be other people out there that are like, I need this book, and that price would jump up really quick. I mean, how many deals did you get while you were doing your eBay hunting? Were there quite a few where you were just like mad scores? I mean, it's... Back when you and I were doing it, it was a little different than, say, today, where you've got people that have been collecting Legends books for a long time. They do the Disney break, and they're like, oh, I got this collection, don't mean anything to me now, and I'm just giving it away. I mean, there are people now that can walk into those type of collections and get them for a song. Uh, what kind of songs were you seeing? Yeah, really, you didn't. You're right. You didn't see much. There, there were those really hard ones to get, like the Friedenad Uprising was like one of the big ones that it, it was a the trade paperback only had two comics in it mm-hmm. and it was impossible to find that uh even the comics that that it came from were really difficult to, to, to come across and so i like i don't remember anything specifically um it was just like i, I would go to the ver- various comic bookstores that were in my town i think i i definitely had one that i set up a subscription or a hold service, and then uh, I think there's like maybe one or two other ones. Um, but you know, you just you check the used bookstores, see what you can find, and and that sort of thing. And that it's just like a, a piecemeal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't remember anything like super fantastic. I remember they had those. Uh, do you remember those uh, large boxes that had like the the twelve inch figure and like a, a book within it, and one was like Aura Singh. Um, one was C-3PO and one was uh, uh, Darth Vader, but I think it was like the the Anakin uh, Skywalker old man version of um, that. No, I have to um, look ma- these up. The ma- masterpiece collection. Okay. That sounds cool. So I was actually given one of those for free because uh, my, my, in my community, they set up like a local like Star Wars fan group sort of thing and we kind of met and talked about star wars and somebody knew i was like a big book person she's like oh that's cool and she's like you really like this and so i literally i i i had it for since then so probably you're looking on 18 years now i I never never opened the box and finally like since i i completely um redid my my star wars room i i realized that i had a lot of books that i've never actually read and mm-hmm. so that was one of the books. So I finally broke it out and I read it probably like last month. Man, I, there are a few that I still have that I haven't read, but there are a few. Uh, one of them is uh, the last Mara Jade book. Um, God, what was that one? The Empire of Hand or something like that? No, that's not the name of it. My bookshelf's behind me. I've got, I've got to redo my studio again because I don't like not being able to look at my books <laughs> when I'm recording. But that that one where she was with the uh, the Hand of Judgment, those guys, that the oh, second yes, book. Yes, the the uh Zahn book. Yeah, it's it was the last one he did in Legends uh, before they jumped over. And I desperately don't want to get out of my chair and walk around the wall to find it, but I know that that name is just at the tip. Of, but but it was that one and Choices uh, of One? Yes, Choices of One. Yeah, Choices I can of see it. One. It's behind uh it's behind uh BB9E, so nice. I, I just can barely see it. Nice. That in uh Siege from the uh the Clone Wars premium trade paperbacks. I never got all the way through that one. Um, <laughs> that one probably took me the longest of any Star Wars book. Um the the two-part one. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. the the um, I'd have to get up and look, but there's a the the Clone Wars trade paperbacks. They had five books, I believe, and there was a two part one. And it took me so long to get through it 
because I just did not like that book. I didn't yeah. like those two. I didn't like the writing style, and it was just a, a, a slog to get through. I've never taken that long to get through a book. It, it's one where I constantly I go back and question, like, you know, if you were to continue to do Legends and stuff, would you draw the hard line? Because, you know, Nate and I have always talked about Leland talking about, well, eventually we're going to come back and figure out how the Clone Wars fits into everything. And then they're like, yeah, we're not going to come back and touch that problem. So if you were to touch that problem, a lot of people just say the easiest way is to cut the Clone Wars out. But again, you've got, you know, books like those that, that show up. You've also got uh, Ableth being tied into the ones on Mortis mm-hmm. and the Dagger Mortis. So, I mean, there there are some extenuating circumstances in some of these stories that like, even if you cut the clone wars out, you're still going to have to do some retconning to make sense of some of that stuff. But I kind of think I'm at that point where I kind of agree when season seven of the clone wars came out, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, this is, this could be counted as both. And then the more it came out, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I could call it. I, I think in, being intellectually honest here, I don't think I could say that this actually could also fall into Legends camp. This is a little too different, which kind of led me more to I'm kind of in that camp of I think that the, the Clone Wars would have to leave Legends for Legends to really cohesively mesh. Or at least cut it off after um, Ahsoka leaves the order. Like cut it off there. Six and seven are their own thing, and they've always been their own thing. Like because it, 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 like you have the broadcast, and then you have six and seven. It's like Firefly. You have like the the series, and then you have the movie. They're like they are the same universe, but they're both their own things. Right. Same same with their books and comics too. I mean, you can grab those and get into them, and and if you've seen the others, you kind of know where it's going. But at the same time, it's doing its own thing. Now, for me, when it came to that hunt. That's where I started to get into more of the collecting of the figures and stuff. Not so much the the 3.75. I was buying those at the stores. I got into hunting down the Unleashed statue figures uh, through eBay and stuff. Did you ever, you know, did did the books kind of launch you into that? Or are you just a strictly books kind of guy? I'm just a stories kind of person. Like I did, uh, most of the figures I own were given to me. Okay. I do have a couple of Unleashed that were given to me. Um, I think I th- besides that, I'd say I really enjoyed the six-inch figures when they like started the Black uh, Series six-inch fi- figures. I liked mm-hmm. those. I did pick a couple of those up just because I, I liked them. Um, most of the, the three and three-quarters, like what I can see of three and three-quarters, I have Darth Plagueis. Oh, nice. Good one. And that's the only one. Oh, well, that's a good one to have. I mean, that, that's a that's a tough one to find. I found I was reluctant to go into the six inch line, right? Like I, I was like, that's too expensive, too big. I don't know where I'm going to put it. But because of my love for the unleashed figures and the size of them, I, they don't move, right? They're like permanently yeah. in whatever position they're at. But I started out with R2 because I'm like, oh, R2 looks cool. I'll just get R2. And he was really... Like everything about the way that they put that little droid together for being such a simple piece, it really had a lot of functionality. And I was like, this is pretty damn cool. And then from there, I got, you know, another droid. And then I got a uh, I got one of the Fets. And that once I got a clone and I got one of the Mandalorian bounty hunter uh, hunters, I was hooked. I mean, the, the articulation in these pieces, the poses that I could get were so close to the unleashed ones that I became addicted. I'm like, these are so cool. In fact, the, the last three and uh, three quarters that I got were the Rex where he has all the tick marks on his phase two slash three armor uh, commander Thorn. 
because I was I had to find him. I was hunting him down. I could not find Commander Doom, but I did find Thorn and then Doctor Afra. Um, I haven't been able to find Afra in the six inch line, but I do have her in the three and a quarter, and I love it. Um, yeah, but, I'd probably I'd probably pick up Afra myself. I think most of like I'm looking around trying to figure out like what do I have, and it's a lot of I I. I I'm very picky about what I have because my space is very limited. Like you have right. the, like this vast basement. My space, like I, I um, just recently switched rooms with my daughter who just turned 10. And so she got my old office, which was the second largest bedroom in the house. And so I took her room, which was the smallest bedroom in the house with only three bedrooms. But um, since I have the smallest bedroom, we got rid of like the guest bed that we had. And we had to completely reorganize, and I got rid of a lot of my stuff. But I was just trying to look at, like, what figures. And I, I have a lot of, um, or maybe not a lot, but I have a few uh, Kotobukaya statues. Oh, um, nice. Like some gentle giant. Like I have, like, a, a large Darth Maul, um, Grievous, the, um, the uh, well, name's blank on me. Um, uh, the guy who did all the artistry for the original trilogy oh oh macquarie yeah macquarie, Ralph MacQuarrie. Uh, yeah macquarie concept uh vader and luke i got nice um, are those, those got, are the single packs right no these are like probably like 14 inch statue oh oh you got the one where they're fighting in the hallway Yes, yeah. Oh, that is a badass figure. <laughs> See, I've yeah, got so... I've got the Vader figure that when they were putting them out in the in the th- three and three quarter line. I've got the Vader one, the Chewbacca one, the Boba Fett one, and a couple others that I just randomly found here or there. That yeah, one no, that the... you got sick though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I like the statues a little bit. I like the the larger statues just because uh, they. Um, I don't play with the toys. I don't. I'm not a, a move them around sort of thing. So I want like something that would look nice on a shelf mm-hmm. and, and uh, the Mara Jade and Jaina Solo statues that they came out. I wish they had continued that line. Uh, those they, I want to say they did with Ray and Kylo. I saw those two out not too long ago and they look magnificent. Those I, I did see those. It's not the same line, but I feel like it's the same uh, spirit of the line. Right, right. The hearts of the same location. You can put them on the shelf and people wouldn't really know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, that's great. That and that that one with the Macquarie one. Oh, that one just because that's they're both low, like doing like almost a split. Well, I think Vader's more over, but Luke's down low. That one was glorious looking, and they even used that same model for that version of Star Killer, the Luke. Uh, they used that model in uh, the was it Rebels? Yeah, Rebels. It was they had the General Skywalker the light, character. The yeah, the lightsabers too. Mm-hmm. Were... Yeah. Yep. That's I, re- I really like that one with the Darth Vader looming over um, the Deke. I think it, it was at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, the funny thing is, is, I bought a nice glass cabinet from IKEA, and it has uh, five, sh- one, two, four shelves in it. Um, but this figure's so big, it doesn't fit in there. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. So, so let's just jump to my one of the last questions I had, since we're kind of in that per you uh the man cave collections you know tell us about your studio you know we, we've know that you moved rooms and stuff i've seen the pictures you shared some pictures on our facebook uh you know i mean how did that all come about was it just because it was time for your daughter to make that move and you, or were you thinking about it for a while yeah it was pretty much um so i my house is in a constant state of remodeling i do mm-hmm. most of the remodeling myself uh we we live in a split level 
um, fairly small house, but uh, just the three of us, my, my wife, myself, and my daughter, and our, our, our pack of dogs. Um, nice. But like I've, I've, we've been slowly remodeling the whole house. We gutted the, the, the one floor completely, re, uh, put in a brand new kitchen, uh, put a deck off the house, and then we, started, we redid the master bathroom. And then from there, we just redid the entire upstairs. And while we were doing that, we figured that it was time to switch the rooms out. And so that's what kind of prompted the process is that uh, we all had popcorn ceilings up in these. And I got rid of all those, which just if you have popcorn ceilings, I, I recommend do. getting rid of those things because they are absolutely horrific. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they look they just look gross. They catch Dirty. dust and you can't get rid of it. Spider webs, yeah, no, yeah. I'm there, <laughs> and and you can't clean it because then it just comes piling down on you. Whoever decided yep. that that was a good thing is um, <laughs> a terrible thing. Um, and so we got rid of all those in the process, put a new carpet, moved her, um, redid her room completely, and then so then we got my room. And what I bought is uh, she our room's kind of a weird shape, kind of if you know what the shape of Utah is. It's kind uh-huh. of like a, a rectangle with a notch out of it. That is mm-hmm. exactly the shape of this room. <laughs> and I live in Utah. And so it's, uh, it, it just kind of works. But um, what I did is that w- next to that notch, the, the, the larger side, I put a wall of bookshelves and cabinets. And so mm. I have the cabinets for stuff that I don't want out and then the bookshelves for the books and, the, and anything else that I want to put out on display. So the cabinets are all full of... Uh, like the children's books and stuff like that that don't need to be out on a shelf or mm-hmm. um, and then the books that, and uh, display stuff and then I got a corner desk with everything else including my Star Trek DVD collection um, <laughs> which has every, everything that we talked about last time right right uh, so you don't collect a lot of the figures and stuff so what would you say your favorite character ship planet and so on would be oh I'd say I'm a design person. I like the designs of things. Okay. And so my my favorite characters are uh, probably a toss-up um, between Darth Maul and General Grievous because I, lo- I love the design of General Grievous. His, as a character, he kind of fell a little bit flat, especially right. like um, even in the Clone Wars, he always fell kind of flat. It was more of a like a mustache-twirling villain, which he was supposed to be, but it didn't like give that like – Oh my God, he's the greatest character ever. And then mm-hmm. when they brought Maul back, he kind of took my place as like one of my favorite characters just because of that. I also love Boba Fett, um, mostly like from the, the Legends standpoint, because Legends like really, really built him up as one of this, one of these fantastic characters. Right. And so, and again, the design of stuff. So I have a Mandalorian tattoo on my back, the, the Mythosaur skull. Nice. And, um, and that's a, I, I, Really, like those are probably my top three favorite characters. And like, as as for ships, I don't know. I never really like thought about it. Like, if you go for all vehicles, um, probably the ATAT would be like if you count that as a ship, would probably be my favorite um, the vehicle. Uh, okay, probably probably because I'm a paleontologist and I like things slight look like dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I even I was like I said I'm I am constantly trying to catch up on all the Star Wars stories that I've missed and I am currently reading the 24 page read along book and records um I just got a box of those in the mail uh, oh, nice. and they were referring to in the Empire Strikes Back one they were referring to the uh 
the AT-ATs is dinosaur-like. I'm like, okay, maybe that's why I like them. Right. Somebody had just pointed out, and I want to say it was an heir to the Empire, where they were talking about the Juggernauts. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot the Juggernauts were mentioned back then. Like, how cool is that? So, you know, it sounds like reading is one of the things you do. What is your best way to digest the books? Are you an audio, a print, or a digital? I mean, what's your favorite medium for really getting in and digesting them? So I hate digital, uh, just right off the bat. I can't do digital because the way I read a book is is I hold uh, like you hold on to the book and I like to know how far I have to go, how far have I gone, so I'll flip forward frequently. Like I'll read right. a chapter and I'll constantly flip forward or I'll constantly flip back just because I know I like to know where I am in the book. Right, right. And uh, and I'm one of those people. Like I I'm trying to read the hundred greatest books ever written. Mm-hmm. And I found four different lists. So it's about 306 books. And some of these are long books. And so I constantly will bounce back and forth between Star Wars and those books and like other like series that I'm trying to keep up with. And I found that the easiest way to do that, especially when I'm trying to do other things, is that I Star Wars kind of gets put off on the side a lot. And I found that doing the audiobooks is really the easiest way for me to kind of work through the books is I can listen to the books while I'm driving or I can listen to them while I'm doing the laundry. I'm a stay-at-home dad uh, and I work at home. And right. so especially now with the, the, the coronavirus that my daughter's here and I'm here all the time. And so it's uh, that the audiobooks don't get as much time as they used to, but still it's a lot of my, my easiest way to get through the books and um, so most of, most of the recent book releases I've done through audio, and I kind of started that with the, um, uh, from a certain point of view, the 40 stories, uh, of a new hope. Yeah. And I started the audio books on that book specifically because I needed to get through the book and I was having a hard time reading the book because some of those stories are less than stellar. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, some of the stories are absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think uh, I, I do book reviews for uh, AIPTcomics.com. And my, my comment on that book was that it's, it's really good and it's really bad. And when it gets <laughs> bad, it gets really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Takes you deep. <laughs> it, yeah. And so, like, I, the audio book was really the only way that I could power through the book. And I found it that. Um, a lot of the uh, the people like Mark Thompson, the the people that read the books are like awesome at these books, and so that's where I kind of started from there, and have been going on, and so I buy I bought all of the audiobooks that have come out since. I'm a couple books nice. behind just because I'm also trying to read all the Dune books. Oh, um, and and I do those in audio, and those are long books. I bet. See, for me, when I was working at the theater doing janitorial stuff, that's when I switched to doing audiobooks, but. I find with me, I'm the type of person that like, I start to ponder things while I'm reading. So like when I'm reading my hardcover books, you know, I've got uh, one note open and I'm putting notes in there. And I find like when I start out, reading a book is really slow, but it's mostly because like I look at my notes and it's like every single page I'm commenting about something. And then at some point I get to a point where it's like, I just really start diving in the book and then the notes just kind of really dry up and I start really pounding through the book. And then I got to remind myself, Oh yeah, you're taking notes so you can actually talk about this and I go back to that. But when I'm doing the audiobook. I will start doing that same type of pondering, and next thing I know, I've missed a whole chapter, and I'm like, ah, crap, i got to go back. I totally don't know what just happened. And th- I find that that 
like while I like the ease of the audiobook, that getting lost in my own head has made remembering the stories a lot harder. Because once we did the shift to the to the Disney canon stories, I did a majority of those books, especially the Delray ones, in the audiobook. And aside from the ones that I, you know, there was no new books out, so I listened to Lost Stars over and over again a couple times. Aside from the books that I listened to over and over again, I don't remember many of the plots about these books. Like, I just remember the vagueness of it all. And I'm like, okay, so clearly I'm not holding on to the information as well when I'm listening to it in an audiobook than I do in the print form. But I find the problem I've been having lately is I keep falling asleep. It's not that the books are, are, are boring. It's just that when I'm finally getting a chance to read, I'm laying, I'm in a comfortable position. And next thing I know, I nod off while I'm reading my book and I wake up and I'm like, damn it, I did it again. Like, this is killing me. I want, there's so many books out there. So, I mean, hats off to you to be able to even read other stuff because like there for a while I had so many and I still have so many. Like, I think just this week I had three new books dropped off. I'm like, I'm in the process of reading uh, Shadowfall and I've got that new Poe Dameron book, the new uh, Dark Legends book just showed up. I'm like, oh, oh. I want to read these too. So I might try desperately to blaze through Shadowfall and get to the next one. But yeah, that's that's definitely something I've I've had the same issue with digital. I there was something about that right out the get-go. I could not track where I was at on the page and I was always having issues with the digital. So that's an interesting one. Um oh, just to just to, to go off what you said is I, I I have a pretty good memory and like I've generally I can remember, especially if given a prompt. Like if I look, open up a Wikipedia, like what is the story about? It'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can remember it now. Um, right. But like I'm mostly like an audio person. Like I remember things through audio the best. Is it's kind of weird because I do love reading, but it's the audio stuff that kind of uh, I remember best. And what's really weird is I'm mostly deaf, and so uh, <laughs> um, it just listening to the things through audio is weird. That that's how I remember them best. Right. No, that is interesting. So what do you think of when you hear the term accessibility in Star Wars? I know that this is kind of a loaded question for beyond the film. So I'm sure the listeners probably want to know where you sit on that. (laughs) Well, yeah. So there's you can have like like you guys have talked about before is that you can have this open ended book that really doesn't connect to anything. And that's not the type of stories I like. I like things that connect. I like. I, I'm a timeliner. Um, the way I read a book, like like we said, we I, I listen to the audio, but I also own all the books. And what I do mm-hmm. is, um, if any time that a time frame is mentioned for the book, I actually go and dog ear the book. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people. I, I'm the monsters that dogs ear books because I found I, that I, I I'm in that same in, boat. <laughs> I used to put in little uh, reminder, uh, like uh, rip off a strip of paper and put it in. I found that if you lose those, you're re- really um, sol. And yep. so I just I just dog ear the books now, and, and it actually quite helps. And so um, I'll have both my audio book and my physical book kind of sitting on my desk, and I'll, I'll like catch up where I am and dog ear the book. I'm I'm horrible because I will take sometimes in dog ear almost the entire half page so the the, the corner is pointing at the line that I want to talk about. <laughs> That's not dog eared. That's just destruction of property. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's like I like it when it references other stuff, and I think that those are the best books. And you can still have an accessible story that references other things. Uh, it doesn't need to be so deep into the weeds that you can't read it. Like, like I do feel like 
every book can be picked up. Like you can like read any of the stories and kind of get a sense of what the story is without needing to know everything that went into the story. Right. But it, like even Star Wars, like it always has had references to other things that other right. things that didn't exist at the time that the, the stories came out. The the border dispute on Ancyon, that wasn't a thing <laughs> until the story came out. It was just a throwaway line that George Lucas came up with. You don't need everything to be explained in order to enjoy the story that you currently have. True that, true that. So where do you lie on the canon versus legend scale? Are you a fan of both? I'm a fan of both. I think both have their high points, both have their low points. I, I do prefer them as two separate timelines. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I've always, I, like, people that try to merge both timelines together into one, like, see, these stories can fit in both. Rebels can fit in both. I'm like, no, it's just, it wasn't made that way. Right, it's, right. It, 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 since it wasn't made that way, it doesn't fit that way. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you could probably try to cram it in like Play-Doh, but you're also leaving out a lot of other stuff. And so I, I like them as two separate things. Um, there's a lot of legend stories that I absolutely love. Some of my favorite stories are in Legends, um, but I do really enjoy canon. Like Rebels is absolutely fantastic. They are killing it with some mm-hmm. of these like series. Like The Clone Wars is is often not my cup of tea, but some of those stories in The Clone Wars are absolutely fantastic as well. And and uh, I, I would uh, I I would stand my ground that Be- Rebels is the best of best Star Wars TV has been. I I find it even better than the Mandalorian. Um, but we still got more Mandalorian coming, so it, right. it, it, it can it can uh, hold a, its own still in the future. See, and I'm in a similar boat because I think Rebels was my bastion. You know, I mean, like I I was kind of more like, oh, Legends has so many great stories. It was a real bad idea to switch. And then Rebels came and I was like, okay, I'm into this. And then as it went and progressed, I really fell for Kanan's character. I absolutely think he is one of the best Jedi characters that the Disney canon has put out to date. Um, I mean, and and everything about the story of how he ended up enduring, how he taught Ezra, uh, all the way up to the very end of his journey was just magnificently done. Going back and rereading the last Padawan comic and stuff was a great backstory filler on the character, gave you insight and and added to the depth of his relationship with Rex. Um, And I think for me that having that having something that stood out that felt every bit as good and connected as stories that we got in legends was very important for Disney to establish for fans like me that were having a hard time switching and turning off what we knew about legends and just going straight into Canon. Cause I mean, I think that for me was the biggest thing is, is the walking away from legends and, and just, you know, knowing that that story was over and that we weren't going to get anything new and feeling like, well, that's wrong. You know, I mean, that, I've always been one of those that I feel like there's no reason why we couldn't have both of them together. Um, what are some of your favorite canon stories compared to some of your favorite legend stories? Oh, we'll start with the legend stories first. Uh, I'd say some of the best stories were um, in Legends, uh, the Tales of the Jedi series. Has always like that redemption um, comic arc, like the build up to that, and I feel like, like, like it's a compressed story that they could have made into like an ongoing series, but it, ongoing series weren't a thing at that time. It was right. the, the it was the, the 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 short four to six comic arc, and and I feel like if they were to go back and redo those, like they could make that some 
flesh it out so much, like have John Jackson Miller go at back and redo something like he did with Knights of the Old Republic into that Tales of the Jedi, um, that Tales of the Jedi time period where like the, the, the wars were so compressed. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is it, absolutely fantastic. I, I love I love that whole storyline, and I feel like that is really like the heart of what kind of pulled me into Star Wars. Um, like Air of the Empire, that the original Thrawn trilogy is probably also some of my favorites. Like when people ask for books to read, I recommend those um, mm-hmm. because regardless if they're canon or legends, they are really, really good Star Wars stories. And they can even like really be considered like you can read them now and like I'm not for merging the two timelines, but it really right. doesn't stick out. Like if you can read it and go, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of fits still. Like uh, the references to the Clone Wars are all over the place and completely wrong. Um <laughs> and it's not it's not where anything goes, but it still kind of fit, especially since we don't know what happens to Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And the way that uh, Zahn wrote the new Thrawn trilogy, he wrote it as if it would fit with the other Thrawn books that he wrote. So um, as for Legends, our uh, canon favorite stories, I would say uh, Master and Apprentice. I really, really enjoyed. I thought that one was absolutely fantastic. That one took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. First half, I was kind of on the fence. Second half, I was bought in hard. I'm like, this is good. I'm, I'm surprised because Jude Watson's story of the relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan was so good that I didn't think anything else could come in the way. But I got to admit, man, Claudia Gray is a damn good author. She she is a good author. Like like I'd say most of Claudia Gray's stuff is uh, some of the best that canon has right um like lost stars is absolutely fantastic i loved the manga adaptation that we we even talked about it uh um on the year in review that i'd mm-hmm. say like um if you read no other comics no, none whatsoever in canon go read the manga adaptation of lost stars like it's like just it gorgeous and the the story is absolutely uh like fantastic and i love how it it kind of it does a lot of what I really hate, but she does it so well. Like I hate it when we'll pick out like one character on a Star Destroyer and go, see, my main character was in the original trilogy. Like <laughs> it drives me freaking bonkers when, they, cause they'll constantly try to do that in Star Wars. Like try to pick out, like, like insert their character into the, the movies when mm-hmm. like it doesn't really fit, but she did it so well that you can kind of track these, these two uh, star-crossed lovers. Um, uh, through uh, the the dark times passed into the Battle of Jakku. Mm-hmm. So what story elements from Legends would you like to see jump into canon? I mean, we've seen Thrawn make the jump. Uh, you know, we've seen fiber blades. We've seen all sorts of things. Coruscant, for example. I mean, so many different aspects. And like you were just saying, I mean, there's some stories out there that could make that jump with just some minor retooling. Is there anything that really jumps out as something you would love to see make that crossover? I think I'm an Old Republic person. I really liked the Old Republic time period. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the video game Knights of the Old Republic is my favorite of the star wars video games and i think that 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 time period everything in that time period is so far removed that most of that stuff can get brought over with minor retooling or um Mm -hmm. maybe even major retooling but still keep like the heart of that time period and i think they i think they can do it pretty well and Mm -hmm. so that's that's the sort of thing that i would like to see 
brought over. The um, uh, I'd say Dawn of the Jedi probably is your hardest because now you already ha- now you have like Luke going to Octo and why wasn't Lacto ever mentioned in Dawn of the Jedi? So like things like mm-hmm. that maybe can get altered, but even then you can alter just the name of the planet and kind of uh, carry that stuff um, over. And so that's, that's kind of what I would like to see is that sort of thing. And funny thing is like, uh, like I said, I'm trying to catch up a lot on my back, my back catalog of um, things that I had missed. Like I have a lot of the Star Wars books and comics and even video games because they are the Star Wars stories. I like the Star Wars stories, but I don't play a lot of the video games um, mm-hmm. just because I don't have time for it. But since I got my new office, I actually, um, when we were redoing the master bedroom, we I got a new TV uh, to mount up on the wall um, because before we had an enter, like a... a armoire that we had the tv kind of in we got rid of the armoire and mounted the tv but the tv that was in the armoire was a little small and small tvs mounted on walls look really weird (laughs) 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 and tvs are so cheap that you can go and buy spend like 250 bucks on like a huge tv and so i we went and got i got a new like larger tv it's still actually um fairly small compared to what a lot of people do but uh, we got a new larger TV for the bedroom, and so I took the TV that was in there and put it in my little office. And so I've started hooking up all my video game systems, and I own every single Nintendo, um, nice. every every single Xbox. Um, I bought a Retron 5 where you can actually play uh, a lot of the old games without having to hook up all the Nintendos. I have You have that. They'll play Nintendo, Super Nintendo. will play Famicom games. <laughs> and I actually... I actually uh, own the Star Wars Famicom game, and I was never able to play it because it's one of those weird games that there's no that the most of the people that played it, the way they played it is that you Famicom games were what came out before the original Nintendo series, okay, and they actually can fit into a Nintendo shell, like the they um, if you cut a Nintendo game in half. Mm-hmm. A Famicom game will actually like it can actually insert into the base of a Nintendo game, and you could play oh. a regular. You could play it that way. Um, oh, interesting! In an in, in, in a Nintendo, and so that's how like the original Nintendo games, like it's specific Nintendo games that it is. But it has to be the ones that have were old um, Famicom games that they ported over to the new system, and so they are basically have a converter chip in the oh, base. Cool. And so it's like it's specific games that you can do this to. But I I found one of those and I did it, but I never actually played the game because, again, I didn't have time and I didn't have a TV that had all this stuff hooked up. So in order to find time, you have to hook everything up into the TV and all that sort of stuff. And then I bought the Retron, which had the system. And again, you have to hook it up. Well, mm-hmm. now I have a, my own room with my own TV, and everything's already hooked up. And so I finally, like, broke it out, and I'd play it for, like, an hour. And the best thing about a Retron system is you can save your game wherever you are exactly as the state that you're in. Oh, cool. And the Famicom Star Wars game is so freaking hard that if anything touches you, you die. Oh! <laughs> and so, like... It's nearly impossible to play, but if you have this system, like I would literally like play for a minute, save, play for a minute, save, <laughs> and like and just like inch my way through the game that way, 
because then you don't have to start over the board or start over the game. If everybody, oh, anybody's played the original great. Mario Brothers, you know once you lose your lives, you start at the beginning of the game. You don't start at you don't like you yep. don't get to go in the middle levels. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I, I I finished the Famicom game that way, and it was the only way that I'd be able to do it because I am not a video gamer, and these games like I I swear they are nearly impossible. Um, I think. Uh, I, I think even video gamers would find these nearly impossible. I just beat the original Nintendo Star Wars as well, which again um, gives you a lot of lives. They give you like three lives per game, and then once you die of all three lives, it's like, do you want to keep playing? And you have ten of those. Oh wow! And it, it would actually start you off at the beginning of the board, and so um, that was a little like more player friendly. But still, like some of those boards are hard. And I didn't want to use those because I didn't know exactly what would happen if I did. And so, again, right. I just inched my way through the game constantly saving on the Retron and uh, eventually was able to beat it. Nice. Uh, so for me, I think one of the things I would like to see, because at the time when I was reading the books, I was very interested in the idea of it, was the Katana fleet from Dark Force Rising. Um, the idea that there was an entire fleet of ships that were slaved together that jumped off and disappeared and that, you know, the Empire is looking for them, the Republic is looking for or the New Republic is looking for them. It's going to bolster whichever fleet gets them. I always thought that was a really cool concept and idea. Um, another one that I always enjoyed that, that we did and actually get some details on was Centerpoint Station and the creation of the Corellian system. I always oh, thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I've, 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 I've loved the... I, I'm a I'm I'm a myth person. I love the fact when they tie things back in time. Like this right. is from a previous like alien race that really like, and I I really you're right that that the whole Corellian system with Centerpoint Station is probably like one of the best setups that they've ever had. And mm -hmm. I they haven't really carried it forward, but they haven't done anything that says it couldn't happen in the future. It's it's uh, right. Like like Solo didn't mention any of the other planets. Nobody has ever mentioned any of the other planets. So it like theoretically it can still it could still be there and I, there's no reason why it it couldn't. Right. And so, you know, I, I've always said the new Jedi Order was one of my favorite things. So for me, seeing the Vong show up in any form always gets me excited. Like when we saw the deleted scenes from Filoni and the Clone Wars, knowing they were going to bring a scout ship in gives me hope that maybe someday we'll see the Vong. My personal pipe dream here is I would love to see Rey reestablish a new Jedi Order and have basically what we had happen in the, the new Jedi Order book series with Luke and co get retooled and refashioned with her being Luke's role and her establishing what they have to do to fight this type of an enemy. I think that that would be a really cool thing if they ever put it forward. Or they could even do it in the past. But I think the idea of the way the Vong came in and the threat they represented and how the Jedi had to figure out how they existed in the Force without being part of the Force and how that worked, like that was a really cool mystery to me. And it was something that I would like to see come back in some form or fashion. But I'm, I think for me with the sequel trilogy, that's where my biggest investment is, is I want to see Rey reestablish the Jedi. I don't want to think, you know, well, we got one person that's probably going to do it because now I'm like, well, look, Luke didn't really do it. He almost did it. And then it got wiped out and he gave up. Like, who's to say Ray's not going to do it? I want to see her succeed. That's that's kind of like where I got out of the sequel trilogy was those characters, the second generation characters. I became so invested in them that I'm not really ready to just step away from them. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see they built Ray up to be this hopeful optimist that 
she could definitely succeed where Luke could fail, where Luke failed, um, right. in the reestablishment of the Jedi Order. And you're right, that that would be absolutely fantastic, even if just in books and stuff that they they carried this through. But I can see a uh, a cartoon series actually doing Ooh. something like this. That way, you don't need um, you don't need the uh, the Daisy Ridley back or right. even like. Uh, a lot of the voice actors come in because it doesn't take as much of their time to do voice acting to versus the physical acting that they can come in and do like the the voiceovers for the cartoon series and I could definitely see like maybe like doing that a new Jedi Order for the new canon. I'd love to see that. I like like you said. I love the new Jedi Order. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but that's what um, I ended my original novel reading and I jumped back in on the new Jedi order. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I loved the continuous series that didn't have these short spurts, but you had a constant enemy that was there. Right. One thing I loved about that series, you know, everybody talks about it. It was just one big series, but it was an era filled with single books, duologies and trilogies that made up a series. I mean, yeah. and it was it was like it was always advertised as a series first and foremost. But when you really go back and look at it, it was like it was like, yeah, it was it was just a big era, really. And it was a brilliant aspect of storytelling. I'm looking forward to the High Republic. I really hope that they do similar. And so far, it looks like that's kind of where they're going with the You know, they come together. They do a big collaboration. They come up with their Bible of all their stuff that they're going to make their, their key points and stuff. So I'm hoping to see something like that. Is there anything that you would say from Legends that you hope stays out of canon forever? Anything from the uh, what's it, the um, oh, the, the oh, why can't I remember? My mind is not working like the glove of Darth Vader series, yes, that's exactly <laughs> anything from the that. The fact, the fact, Mount Yoda, the fact that they had what was it, a rebel base like established on Dagobah, like anything yeah. from that story, uh, <laughs> like um. Mm-hmm. The, some things like within legends, like some of the stories were, yeah, like they weren't the greatest. Um, but I feel like they can bring things back in kind of a tongue in cheek manner that it wouldn't be too bad. Um, I just read, uh, like I said, uh, I, I it's sitting right next to me that the, the book and record of planet of the who <laughs> and uh like even they could bring in the hoojibs and that would be fun like uh, jackson is one of my favorite characters just because he's just he's basically the tricks rabbit mm-hmm. um and uh or bugs bunny within star wars and it's just like i love little nods like that and back and like they brought jackson back um they brought him back in uh in was it no, it was the Clone Wars. They brought him back as a, a Clone skeleton. Wars, the, the Adventures had him show up, too, yeah. I want to say. Well, they originally brought him back as the skeleton in the desert um, in, <laughs> in, the, in Clone Wars, but then they actually brought him back in the Star Wars Adventures. Uh, and I, I just find that fantastic. I love, I love that they did that. And so I, I'd say most, most things they could bring back if they do it well. Right, because I, I was I was gonna put Waru on my list, but honestly, like if you retooled Waru in a different way and gave more background information as to why and where he exists, like that could be a character you could tie into worlds within wor- or world outside of worlds or whatever that one was. 
World Between Worlds. Yeah, World Between Worlds. Because that, that had that feel of, okay, we're definitely stepping outside of what we know of the galaxy far, far away and into another realm of worlds. I mean, that opened up the idea that you could have, say, Ezra in the World Between Worlds doing force meditation and reaching out into the force to see the future and the past and have him actually see Luke Skywalker as a grand master fighting the new Jedi order Vong and all that stuff. But it's a vision of something that never will happen. And I think something like that would be a cool way to give a nod to legends and to give them a little solidification, you know, as, as well as saying, well, it, that never happened, but that timeline did exist as an alternate, you know, reality that there was a pos- a possibility of that being what happened. But in the end, what we see in canon is what actually happened. I want to say there was a couple comics that did that in the past where I think it was KOTOR even where, where Zane was seeing visions and he saw Koran, he saw uh, Saba Sabatine and Luke and all them. And I just I, those kind of things when they get visions, you know, from the past into the future and from the future back into the past, those always excite me as well um one thing you know we're talking about weird stories like the yoda and stuff uh the galaxy of fear did you ever read any of those there was one called clones where they went back to dagobah and they found a cloning facility that had actually cloned not anakin but vader it was legitimately a clone of vader in the costume and everything which always you know, in the aspect of an in universe, that never really made sense to me. Like, <laughs> wait, he's cloned in the suit? Like, he's like. And then you go to Outbound Flight, and they haven't even you don't a, a quite moment. understand how cloning works. <laughs> right? I'm like, that's not that's not how this works at all. And then you get to Outbound Flight, and they have another moment where they take genetic samples of Anakin and Obi Wan while they're in there. And I'm like, why didn't Palpatine ever use that genetic template of Anakin to create his own clone body? Like, if you're looking at other bodies, like Anakin is your prime suspect. Take some of his DNA, create a baby body, and take over that body. Like. <laughs> Never understood that one. That was always something I was hoping Legends would hint at. You know, the idea that Palpatine, when he died on uh, Endor, that maybe that wasn't his first death, that he had been dying and transferring bodies all these times. And the reason why he was, you know, as warped out as he was, was from the, the power of the dark side. I always thought that was a really cool idea. And then to go back and get the story of when did he first use that clone? You know, and, and when they put out The Force Unleashed, I kept thinking, oh my God, if Starkiller is a clone of Palpatine and this is all Palpatine trying to find a perfect body that's still able to use the force like that would have been such a cool story but they didn't go that route but I was waiting for that for so damn long <laughs> yeah but and yet they did that um. <laughs> right right and then they go that route that is that's pretty much exactly what they did with Palpatine later they're like yeah oh, well that's his kid you're you're actually Palpatine's clones baby I was just talking to Jane about this because we watched uh, Rise of Skywalker yesterday she woke up was wearing her her chewy pajamas and she's like we're having a Star Wars day I'm like alright I was sitting there I was like doing something else and I was like really not really wanting to watch Rise of Skywalker right then and there but I'm like how often is my little seven year old going to be like dude we're doing Star Wars days so I'm like alright we're stopping this we're gonna do Star Wars Day, even though I ended up watching the rest of the movie by myself because she went off on her tablet, but the beginning of it was fun. <laughs> but she was asking those questions, and I was like, okay, well, later on, there's going to be a scene where we see her dad, and so like, I call her back in. Oh, that's that moment. You got to come and see the kid. So, but yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things. Like, there's it can be done in so many different ways 
that there are merits to how they go about doing these things, you know, and, and I, I like it when they, they take a chance and they get it right, but it sucks when they take a chance and they get it yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you mentioned the galaxy of fear series and I feel that's something that the new canon is missing that the legends, uh, legends thrived on. And it was these young adult reader book series. And you had mentioned the, the ones with, um, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, and I, I, I really loved those, and I loved how they tied together, mostly because mm-hmm. Jude Watson wrote, like, 9,000 books. Yeah, she had uh, three series. It was Jedi Apprentice, uh, oh, God, what was the one? The, the other one that followed that was the one with with Anakin and Obi-Wan. I can't remember which one that one was, but then it followed Jedi up Quest. with... Yes, Jedi Quest was part of that, and then it ends with... The Last of the Jedi, which was all about Ferris Olin, which Ferris got introduced when Anakin was at the Academy and he was kind of like a rival to Anakin. So it all ends up coming back full circle and tying together. It was a really well done one. And that's one that that because of the nature of how it was produced, they're all just seen as mini series. And really, you should look at that as one big series. It really plays so well like that. And then even then, like Ferris Olin comes back in another series post A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, where he happened to be on the, the sister planet to Alderaan that we've never seen before or after that series. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's like I, I, I loved those because they were, they were easier takes on the characters, but they really had like uh, in, improved the depth of the characters and they improved, um, they re- delved into things that the books weren't going into at the time. Like nowadays, we have the quote young adult books, but they're really adult books that are sold under a different licensing like contract, right? Um, like Lost Stars and stuff. Like that's not; those are not the same here. I'd say Servants of the Empire is really the only um, comparable book series that we have. Uh, and what's that canon. other one? Join the Resistance is probably the other one. Because you're right. I mean, me and Nathan were talking about this. These young adult books might as well be adult books because of the themes that are in there are more adult themed than even regular Delray books typically go into. Yeah. And so that's a, I feel like the canon is missing that now. I was talking with Jason Fry about it, that I feel like his Servants of the Empire like fills that niche. But, or not even fills it, like sits in that niche that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so on a broader scheme, what interests you the most about Star Wars? I like stories that tie together. I like mm-hmm. that, like, the reason I did the timeline is because I like the stories that reference other stories and that you feel like you're getting something bigger out of the whole. Um, that's the reason I love Lord of the Rings is because like, as you read other stories, when you read the, there, there's always a bigger universe that you can go back to. You read the Hobbit, then you read the, the, the Lord of the Rings and you're like, well, there's a lot of more stories here to be told. And then you realize that he did tell a lot of these stories. And so you go back to things like the Silmarillion, um, and, uh, the lost stories and things like that. And you realize that there is so much more to it. I love aspects like that. And so I do, um, I, I, I'm a timeline timeliner by heart because uh, I'll, I'll constantly, depending on what book series I'm in, I, I'll make a timeline. I made a timeline for the Dinotopia books, which apparently there's a ton of, um, oh, wow. the, the Dune books, they made a timeline of, um, and then there's the, like the, the Star Wars one. And so I like, I like, I, I, I love things that interconnect like that. 
Mm-hmm. So with your timelines, are you like Nathan? Did you go ahead and start a Disney one too, or did you only do the Legends one and then just kind of just refine that one as you went forward? I mean, how how are we timelining, Jim? I have two timelines. Yep, I have the canon timeline. Uh, if you, if uh, people want to go to Star Wars Timeline Almanac dot com, uh, everything's on there. I have the two main timelines, canon and uh, Legends. And that's that's how they're referred to. I also have like Sith timelines for both, and I have checklists um, because like I'm a collector. I need to collect them all. Uh, the Pokemon aspect that uh, I need all of them, and so I have checklist my own checklists to try to collect everything. And so I pub- I put those online, and I update those. Uh, I try to update them frequently. They are updated on my end, um, but I haven't uh, put them up online probably in about a year or so. So I need to update those, but. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I, I do have both sets of timelines. And once when, when it went to canon, that timeline was really easy. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's, it's got a lot harder, but uh, it was right. really easy to start off with. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and since, you know, you do those timelines, this next one should be right up your alley because the Sith and what we know of the Sith and canon is definitely a different steak to chew than what we got in legends um the the sith and legends evolved over such a long publishing history that their history morphed and changed constantly to what we eventually got now that legends is you know broke free and it's its own timeline but we don't necessarily have that same path you would say for the sith and canon so when they go back to the high republic or even eventually pack even farther how do you think the Sith should be shown? I mean, we don't we don't know if the Sith evolved as a species in canon or if they were just a, a break shot of the Jedi or a combination of both. Um, I mean, that's wide open, which which opens that ground for, well, it'd be really easy to take what we have from KOTOR and move it over. Because if we kept those type of backgrounds or at least the stuff that was important to KOTOR and kept that as as that story, then you could move that over. But if they went with a different route with the Sith, a lot of what we had in canon or I mean, legend stories would not be able to make that crossover in canon. So for you, when you think about the Sith, how should they be presented when we see them in the past? So they have started to, um, like, basically sprinkle Sith back. Because, like, originally, like, all we had was back to Darth Plagueis and that we knew nothing. Yeah, um, Bane and, was the, and, the only and, thing we had yeah, past they him. Mentioned, <laughs> they mentioned Bane. Um, you had nothing between Bane and Plagueis. Um, and that that was it. And I, I definitely would like them to start to piece that in because uh, – I, I do enjoy the this person to this person type of type of aspect of the, the the Sith lore that grew up within Legends, and um, I don't know about I would I I don't know if I would need a species of Sith this time mm-hmm. around, or if you just like just do uh, just do the dark side, um, dark Jedi, fallen dark Jedi sort of thing, mm-hmm. and that, but. Uh, yeah, I can. I I would be up for what they say. I don't think they would do something like this in the High Republic because, like, one of my biggest concerns about the High Republic is that it's only two hundred years like before, like right. Chewie is practically born by the the like the start of this story, and like you're not going to get any earth shattering like galactic wide events within 
like a heartbeat of the the original trilogy and uh then i that's why i like legends like legends like really like we're gonna go back five thousand years we're gonna go back twenty five thousand years we we don't care um and I, I really liked that. I wish they had done that with the High Republic. They just set it back a thousand years. Yoda ain't mm-hmm. showing up because he ain't born yet. Like, do something like that. Like, right. go, go for it. And I feel like they, they, they tried to go for it, and then they kind of pulled it back. Like, well, let's kind of set it to a little closer to the movies. And um, I, I feel like if they had just gone for it, that people would have like supported them. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I've always enjoyed with legends was the idea that there were Sith spirits, but they weren't done in the traditional way of Jedi force ghosts, right? The Sith spirits were always tied to physical objects, physical locations, uh, people. We've kind of seen that with, uh, Mammon, um, one of the Sith from the Darth Vader series who was attached to a helmet. Um, the, uh, myths and fables have given us, what is it? Darth Wraith, or, or raid or whatever it was. Uh, Dark Legends has another one or two. Um, I like the fact that we're getting names of Sith and stuff, and we're getting throwbacks to them. In Rise of Skywalker, we know that certain Sith lords existed because certain battalions were named after them, and Revan was one of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've been so quiet on that front that it's just it's been one of those things that i keep wondering at what point are we really gonna go there and by go there i i feel like the closest we really got even in legends to going there was the book darth plagueis and uh red tide or red harvest i mean Um, red harvest was probably the closest outside of john jackson miller's lost tribe of the sith and uh rogue jedi or, or whichever one Night Errant, um, you know, that, those were about the only books that we really got to see what was going on with the Sith outside of comics. I mean, comics were really like the only ones who were touching the Sith at all. So, I mean, I'm constantly every time they put in something new that has to do with the Sith in canon, I'm watching that because like one of the things Lucas always had said, you know, there's no Sith ghosts and there, there's no vibroblade. So as soon as, you know, they introduced the dark saber, I'm like, there we go. We got a vibroblade that's actually a lightsaber now. This is cool. And then we saw the Sith spirits or I mean, not the Sith spirits, but the, the Dathomir force, witches bring back their dead to life. And I'm like, whoa, that's some dark stuff. And then we saw the spirits of the Night Sisters possess Sabine and Kanan. I'm like, you know, I I think that there is a window here that we can tell and continue to tell stories with Sith spirits having an active role in events without them being full on spirit in the same way that we see the Jedi. And that's something that, like, I have always enjoyed. And it's nice to see that they're kind of blurring that line because you know lucas had a lot of certain things it was like this this and that it's it's either this or it's that you know you're not going to have any jedi that are wookies and then we had a you know labaka stories got parked there for a while you didn't see him showing up in any stories and then they they, they, well you you know the ones you already have you can use and but stuff like that was like there were certain things that we just couldn't do because george had said and that was always one thing that kind of rubbed me wrong about with with George's creativity. I love everything he does, except for when he limits himself. I'm like, come on, George. Like, you know, there's no reason why we can't have this. We got other things that put this in there and they work it well. This isn't shattering everything. I, I think it would be a little different, though, to have Sith spirits being able to just roam about the galaxy wherever they wanted. You know, I mean, then you would have a, a much different issue than what we're seeing with what they use the Sith spirits with. I mean, them being a tied to holocrons locations and physical objects, I think is a great way to go about it because it shows again, the limitations of the dark side. Yeah. It's got all this potential and stuff, but at the end it was a shortcut to nowhere. Yeah. That's a, I, I 
I agree with you that they're slowly kind of bringing back in the legends uh, stuff like Momin, Momin's uh, mask and um, things like that. And they have even George kind of went back on some of the stuff because in the Clone Wars, which he really spearheaded uh, initially, uh, they had Gunji, um, who is a, a, um, a okay. Wookiee Jedi. Yeah. And then so even when he says these things can't happen, he, he has been known to to go about face on a lot of that stuff. So I'd, I'm interested to see where they, they, they end up with this in the long run. Yep. All right, my man. Well, that kind of wraps up the uh, printed out questions I had for us. Now Now for the freestyle, man. Um, you know, you did say you're, you're big into the books. You don't have a lot in collectible stuff. But what is your favorite? If you, if you had to save a one collectible from a fire in your house and we'll knock on wood here that that never happens but if that situation were to come about what would be the one thing that you just could not live without or could not see burn up in a fire so i'd say the one collectible that i have that i would want to save is the uh the doth darth vader and um uh i don't remember the exact term princess um was darth vader and daughter it not it, it, it's on along on the lines of Darth Vader and Son. Um, okay, but uh, it's a, a statue. It's about eight inches tall, and it has Darth Vader with his little uh, with little Princess Leia wrapped around his leg, and uh, has like hearts <laughs> cut out of, of his cape. And that's um, <laughs> my wife had bought that for me um, in like for Father's Day, and Cute. so that's and that that's probably my like prized possession. I'd say of everything that I have. That's a good one. I mean, that so that's a question. Little that, princess. That's it. Yeah, that that's one that for me, I don't have an answer. I I think I would run in and the first thing I grab would be the first thing I grab because, I mean, I I love my Jaina Solo. Uh, was it the Kaibushu or whatever it is? Because I got her and Mara. Those two are right next to each other, so I'd probably reach out and try to grab both of them. But I mean, I've also got this really cool job of the hut that a friend gave me for a housewarming gift. That's like one of a certain amount. I mean, there's certain things that I just. I would be so caught up in the moment that I don't think I would grab the thing that I would want to grab. I would just grab the first thing that I saw. (laughs) I'd be regretting the decision afterwards. I'm sure of it. I'd be like, why did I leave the last hope of the galaxy? Luke Skywalker hardcover or, or, or my, uh, uh, was it the 30th weighs a hundred pounds, right? (laughs) I have the 30th edition of the blacks, uh, or not black series uh, dark horse comics, yeah. Uh, hard covers that they did where they only put out 13 of them and they were only available if however many were pre-ordered was all they were ever printing and they were never going to do another set i, I got I, that in the middle of when i got laid off from kodak and i had all but the last two and i had no job at the time and i was saving up soda bottles anything i could <laughs> to get those last two because i told my wife i'm like you don't understand if i don't get this complete set i'm never gonna get the complete set <laughs> But that would be one I wouldn't be able to carry out because that thing sits about almost two and a half feet across in books. Yeah, <laughs> massive. That's, that's I remember getting those when they came out, thinking the same thing. It's like if you don't get this now, you're never going to get it. <laughs> and it's one of those things that you think about. You're like, if I didn't get those at the time, would it really have mattered? <laughs> like, I, right? I like them. Like, I, I definitely like they were on my keep list. Uh, pretty much any of the hardcover comics. Um, that I had were on my keep list, but I didn't collect all of them. But that that said, it's like, eh, it's a nice set. It's nice on the shelf. But uh, 
uh, it doesn't it doesn't go to my heart like uh, like some of the stuff. Right. So I remember being at Barnes and Nobles and, you know, because I used to collect the role playing game stuff so I could work on my fanfics, you know, because it was always good information in those. And I got the uh, it was Luke Skywalker's new Jedi training manual for his new academy, that version. And it was there and that one. And there was the KOTOR one. And I was like, oh, I'll get this one because I was really into the Jedi stuff. And had I known at that time how coveted and rare the KOTOR one was, I would have traveled back in time and kicked myself in the arse so hard because <laughs> I have never seen that other one again. And I had them both in my hands and I kept the one that there was a thousand extras of. Did you ever have anything like that where you almost had something that would have been a prized piece? That's it. I have I have my my what's it? The Holy Grail, uh, the White Whale. That's it. The, the one- <laughs> The, the one collectible that I'm constantly on the lookout and have yet to find is the um, uh, the the Darth Vader where he's holding C-3PO's head. Ooh. Uh, what's it? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, the Maker. It's something thank about the Maker. The maker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's thank, thank the Maker, written by uh, Ryder Windham, who's a friend of mine. And uh, I, I told him if I ever find it, I was going to mail it to him for him to sign for me. Um, awesome and that's it uh I, I i love that statue it came out i believe like gentle giant as a christmas uh, exclusive where he was holding like a dove mm-hmm. but you could replace the dove with c-3po's head and that's um, awesome and that's a i've been on the lookout for that one ever since every time i go to celebration i've been looking out for it uh, i've never seen it just sitting out uh, i'm sure if i look on ebay i may be able to find it but uh Kind of, it's the uh, toss-up between how much is it versus how uh, how much am I willing to pay for it? Right. See, and for me, my I guess my recent white whale you helped me with. Um, I've never had any outrider, uh, and you gave me the uh, the Shadow of the Empire uh, micro machine sets, and with that came the outrider. And then, of course, because I got that, then I was like, now I've got to get this again because you know I. I I've never had it. I've been looking for the longest time for the titanium version, but it's like 189 bucks. I'm like, ah, so when I got that micro machine one, it's like every micro machine, you know, like the windows and stuff don't have the paint and stuff. So it's, there's missing certain details. And I was like, I started looking immediately and then I ended up buying the, uh, the Armada version or, or X-Wing, whichever one, the ship version of, of the Outrider, I ended up buying that from the game system. So now I've got, I've got uh, Thrawn's big star destroyer, and now I have Outrider. I'm like, I'm trying desperately not to get into that gaming system because I've I've seen how much Nathan has thrown at that. Those ships yeah. are spendy, but that's been one of my things. Like the, the Titanium series, all those ships, I have almost every one of them. Then Hot Wheels started putting them out. Like I, I've always loved ships, ships, Jedi's, and bounty hunters. And that was like when my wife was like, "You're gonna have to stop getting everything." I was like, well, "Okay, okay," but I just gotta get the. I gotta get ships. I gotta get droids. And I gotta get bounty hunters. And I gotta get Jedi. And she's like, "That what else isn't there? <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff." <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could help you out with that. That was another one of those. The The whole reason I purchased that was for the comic. Nice. And <laughs> it, it had an exclusive comic in it. And I cut the comic out and I just kept on to the package. And I'm like, I don't really, I like, I kept it because it came with the comic. And um, that was literally the only reason I had it. And I came to a point where I'm like, I don't have the space. It's kind of dusty. I really don't care. Um, so <laughs> that's it. It was in my pile of 
things to get rid of. I'm sure somebody would want this, and I'm glad uh, glad it, it found a home. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. As did you, my man. It's uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to talking more legend stuff, getting into some of the canon stuff coming out. It's going to be a lot of good conversations, man. I'm looking forward to it. I believe so. I'm so uh, thankful that I got I got invited. I, I something I never even uh, never even thought that uh, that. Uh, I was thought so highly of or at all. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is like, I knew you had timeline. Like I remember seeing, you know, links to your stuff, and, but like that, you know, when I think of Jim, I just think of the, the long conversation we had at, at celebration, you know, and the, and the, the camaraderie and the chemistry that we had just talking star Wars, you know, then Nathan's like, Jim's a great idea. Like he's in the timeline. I'm like, Oh yeah, Jim is in the timeline. Holy crap. How great was that? <laughs> <laughs> Like added bonus. <laughs> Jim has OCD too. <laughs> we will put that to the test. <laughs> well, my man, unless there's anything else that you think you can tell the listeners about Jim Lahane that we haven't covered, I guess now's the time. Uh, I guess in uh, terms of Star Wars, I uh, I have lots of things I can talk about. Um, <laughs> Uh, but in terms of Star Wars, I also do another podcast, if you want to catch me on there. It's called Tonkin' Tauntauns, um, and uh, that's uh, I, I came up with the name. I really liked it. I also made the uh, the logo for it. Um, nice. And it, it's through the, the, the website that I said I write for, uh, AIPTcomics.com. And so we have the, the podcast through there, so you can catch me on there with a couple other guys from the website. And uh, we... Instead of focusing more on the books like we do here, I focus. We focus kind of on uh, random topics. We kind of jump around, but all within Star Wars, and nice. so that that's a lot of fun. Uh, to catch me there, probably about as frequently as you catch me here. We're about once a month or so, mm-hmm. and I do the producing for that. So that's why I don't do the producing for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was one thing. Like, well, I felt bad with Nathan on the last two episodes because he's like. Okay, I'll get these edited and sent back to you. And I'm like, these are your last two episodes, and I'm still making you edit these. I am so mean. (laughs) (laughs) When you asked me to join out, I'm like, am I going to be doing editing? Because I don't have the time for that. (laughs) Right. That's what I told my wife. I'm like, that's going to be the hard part. Like, I forgot how much time the initial, because Nate would take the audio and he would go through and cut out all the flubs and stuff, the times we spoke over each other and all that, then send it to me, and then I'd put the music in. And I'm like, I forgot how much of a day. Just doing that takes. <laughs> but I, I think I think just if this episode's any indication, I don't think it's going to be so hard. I think there's only like one or twice that we've uh, had any of that today. That's going to work out real well. Because when me and Riley record, we just put it all in there and just ship it out. I'm like, I can't believe he's just sending that out there like that. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of how we do talking tauntauns is we, uh, we overlay our voices. Um, so we record all separately and then uh, overlay them um, together. And so I, I could filter out voices where we talked over each other, but it's kind of sometimes it. I, I'll mostly remove so kind of behind the scenes. I'll remove what I call the false starts, where mm-hmm. you start to say something, but somebody else kind of chimes in or doesn't stop talking, and so all yep. you have is a kind of a. Uh, uh, I call those and, the flubs. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I call them the false starts because you tried to start, but you didn't actually get anywhere. And so those are uh, fairly easy to remove uh, person by person because they, they're not talking over each other. You just remove right. that one audio and oh, uh, you great. don't even know it's there until somebody acknowledges it. 
and then that's mm-hmm. the problem. <laughs> right. Well, I say I want to say our last episode. Nathan's like, oh well, well since we talked about, it, I'm just going to leave that all in there. I'm like, oh, that works out because I would have I would have deleted it and then found out you know a half hour later. Oh, no, I got to go back and put that back in. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, editing fun. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's that's about the wrap of this episode. <laughs> Now that about wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. Remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes are also available on Zoom, Stitcher, iTunes, and of course Spotify. And if you're on iTunes, we always encourage you to leave us a review while you're at it. You can also find links to our episodes on our Twitter and Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms or just type in Star Wars Beyond the Films in your search bar. Hey, but no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page. It's one of the best ways to interact with us. It's our own home one, if you will. Not only can you post comments to us about the show, we love interacting with you fellow fans. So if you have any Star Wars or Legends questions or any other comments about past episodes, fire off. You can still email us directly at SWBeyondFilms at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Now, lastly, before we go, we wanted to mention to you our sponsors, Audible. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash starsreport, you get a free trial run of Audible to see what they're all about. Our sponsors have more than 100,000 titles. You can explore the Star Wars Expanded Universe, the Harry Potter Universe, the Halo Universe, or any other genre without being stuck with a book you flat out hate. Because Audible members, they can exchange any book within 12 months, yes, that's one year, with no questions asked. So in this digital age, if you're thinking of making that switch from the page to the audiobook, Audible just might be right for you. So, once again, for Stars Beyond the Films, it's been Mark and Whistler. And Jim. Gee, Whistler talks a lot. Like, when you do that. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm, like, waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, Whistler's still going. He's a loudmouth, <laughs> man. He just keeps at it. Saying thanks for listening, and may the force be with you. And don't put us the odds that I'll be able to come up with something like Nathan does as a cute little Right. Odds are against you. <laughs> I, I I volunteer for tribute. <laughs> uh, oh, wrong, wrong, wrong series. That's okay. We'll just, you know, you think about it. That's what they did with the Clone Wars. They're like, what, what, what movie can we make an episode now? We need a Hunger Game episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the Bad Batch series is. Yeah. 